0: scripture reading this morning is Hebrews chapter 13. Hebrews 13, and we'll read the whole of this passage of the Word of God. Let brotherly love continue. Be not forgetful to entertain strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unawares. Remember them that are in bonds, as bound with them, and them which suffer adversity, as being yourselves also in the body. Marriage is honorable in all, and the bed undefiled, but whoremongers and adulterers God will judge. Let your conversation be without covetousness, and be content with such things as ye have. For he hath said, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee, so that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. Remember them which have the rule over you, who have spoken unto you the word of God, whose faith follow, considering the end of their conversation. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, and today, and forever. Be not carried away with divers and strange doctrines, for it is a good thing that the heart be established with grace, not with meats which have not profited them that have been occupied therein. We have an altar whereof they have no right to eat which serve the tabernacle, for the bodies of those beasts whose blood is brought into the sanctuary by the high priest for sin are burned without the camp. Wherefore, Jesus also, that he might sanctify the people with his own blood, suffered without the gate. Let us go, therefore, unto him without the camp, bearing his reproach. For here have we no continuing city, but we seek one to come. By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually, that is, the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. But to do good and to communicate, forget not, for with such sacrifices God is well pleased. Obey them that have the rule over you, and submit yourselves, for they watch for your souls as they that must give account, that they may do it with joy and not with grief, for that is unprofitable for you. Pray for us. For we trust we have a good conscience in all things, willing to live honestly. But I beseech you the rather to do this, that I may be restored to you the sooner. Now the God of peace that brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you perfect in every good work to do his will, working in you that which is well-pleasing in his sight, through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. And I beseech you, brethren, suffer the word of exhortation, for I have written a letter unto you in few words. Know ye that our brother Timothy is set at liberty, with whom, if he comes shortly, I will see you. Salute all them that have the rule over you, and all the saints. They of Italy salute you, Grace be with you all. Amen. Our text, as we turn our attention to a verse in this chapter, is verse 17. Let me read them at that verse again. Obey them that have the rule over you, and submit yourselves, for they watch for your souls, as they that must give account, that they may do it with joy and not with grief, for that is unprofitable you. And then the first words of verse 18, we do well to keep in mind as well, pray for us. While, beloved, it is not on the foreground in our text, our text does have something to say to the office bearers themselves. The office bearers are reminded through the words of our text of what they are called to do as those who represent Christ in his church. They are called especially to watch for the souls of the people of God. And they are also reminded by means of our text concerning how they are to do that work how they should go about their duties. And that is, especially in these words in the text, that they must do their work not with grief, but with joy, with gladness. And so I trust that our office bearers, myself included, will take note of these things as they come up during the course of our consideration of this Word of God together this morning. But it's obvious that the emphasis and even the address of the text is toward the members and concerning the duties and calling that members have in relation to the office bearers of the church. It is true that the text says specifically that they are to do this in relation to those who rule over them. But that, you must understand, is a reference to all of our office bearers because that word rule over is literally guide. And that's the work in which all of our office bearers are involved. The pastor, the elders, and the deacons are involved in guiding the members of the Church of our Lord Jesus Christ. And they all do that in the same way, as we shall see in more detail shortly, but as is indicated even in the context here in verse 7 of this chapter, they are those who speak unto you the word of God. And So the admonition applies to us as members in relation to all of the office-bearers that God places in our midst here in Dune PRC, pastor, elders, and deacons. And if there is one thing, beloved, that our text makes clear, it is this. Disobedience to this admonition of the word of God, will be detrimental to the members and to the church. But The opposite is also true. Obedience to this admonition of the word of God, godly obedience, obedience that God works in us by his grace, giving us now, even as we consider this text, the desire and the ability to obey will be for the good and the benefit and the blessing of the members of the church and of the church as a whole. Consider then with me our duties toward our office spirits. We'll notice the duties, the reason, and the benefit. Obey them. Obey your offer spirits. To understand that, you must understand, beloved, that word obey is an interesting word and literally means this. Be persuaded by them. Be convinced by them. Our text has in view that faithful office bearers do especially one thing as they carry out their work faithfully in the Church of Christ. And that one thing that office bearers especially do as they carry out their work is that they teach and guide the members of the church by means of speaking God's Word to you. That's what office bearers do whenever members are erring. That's what they do whenever members are struggling. That's what they do whenever members are in need. That's what they do whenever members are being instructed by them. That's what they do whenever members need to be comforted. And when they do, then it is the word of Christ that is spoken. And the, and the admonition of the text has that in view. And the admonition of the text is really this, let yourself then be persuaded Let yourself be convinced by the word of God that the office bearers bring to you. Let yourself be won over by what the office bearers say so that you agree with what they say and your response to the word that they speak is what they say is correct. What they have said is true. What they have told me is right. And even saying this, that's the word I needed to hear. That's what I needed to be told. That's what I needed from the word of God for my spiritual good. Closely related to that, is that second admonition, submit yourself. This word literally means do not resist. Do not resist. So that positively, the the idea is that you yield to the word that is spoken. It emphasizes going beyond simply agreeing with what was said. First you agree, but now you act accordingly. And so you are admonished by this second word, we are all admonished by this second word, to conform our lives to the word of God that is spoken to us. To do as the word commands us to do. As that word is brought to us by those who represent Jesus Christ in our midst. And that's what true faith does. A true faith believes, and a true faith is convinced by, and a true faith is persuaded by, and a true faith heeds the word of God. The faithful believer says, what the office bearers say to me is correct, is right, not because They are simply speaking to me words of men and giving to me the wisdom of men for my life, but it is because it is the word of Christ that they speak to me, and I will be persuaded by the words of Jesus Christ. That's why I will agree with it, and that's why I will heed that word because it is Christ's word to be. The admonition, beloved, suggests, even implies that we are not naturally inclined to do this. We don't want to be persuaded. We don't want to yield. And that's true of us exactly because faithful office prayers bring us the word of God. The minister does that through his preaching and through pastoral work. The elders do that through family visitation and other visits and conversations that they may have with us. And likewise, the deacons in their work, and sometimes the word of God that is brought is a harsh word of God, (coughs) a word that is very direct, a word that is sharp, a word that is difficult for us to take because it is a word that touches us where it hurts, a word that exposes our sin a word that humbles, a word that does not let us get away with our errors and our faults and our sins. And so we don't want to hear that word. We don't want, naturally, to have that word applied to us personally. Go ahead and apply it to someone else, but don't apply that word to me. We would rather be left alone to do and to live as we please. We don't want naturally to be persuaded by the Word of God. Then we have to admit that we are wrong. Then we have to turn from a sinful thought or a sinful way. Then we have to admit that we have had an incorrect response to something in our lives. Or we have to admit that we've taken the wrong perspective concerning what is going on in our lives or in the church or in the world. Or we have to admit we have taken an erroneous approach to something. And so we can find reasons and excuses not to be persuaded by the Word of God. Maybe it's simply this, we forget that it is the Word of God, and we say, it's just a man telling me this or that, and we dismiss what is said. Or perhaps it is this, when sins are pointed out, we say, well, my sins are not as bad as they make them out to be. What's so bad about what I do? There are many worse sins than the ones that the elders are pointing out to me. Why do they single me out? Why don't they talk to others who are committing worse sins in my judgment? Or perhaps it's this. The word that is brought to us doesn't really apply. The office-bearer, whether it's a pastor, elder, or deacon, doesn't understand. They just don't get it. And so we can dismiss the word that they bring. Or perhaps the excuse is this. The office-bearers are sinners too. And I know quite a few sins that they are guilty of, and so why should I even listen to them? And I can say, beloved, the latter is true. Office bearers are themselves sinners. And office bearers know that, and believe me, they often struggle because of that. As office bearers, we are simply men. And we're never perfect. We do make errors and mistakes, but the Word of God says that's not a reason to neglect the Word of God that office bearers bring. And when it comes to office bearers being sinners, we are reminded of the explanation of the fifth commandment given by Lord's Day 39 that we must patiently bear with their weaknesses and infirmities since it pleases God to govern us by their hands. The issue, beloved, is this. We must be persuaded by, and we must yield ourselves to, the word of God, the word of Christ. And if we refuse to be persuaded by that word, as that word is brought to us by his appointed office-bearers and representatives in the church, then we are refusing to be persuaded by Christ himself. If we reject the word that office-bearers bring to us when they faithfully bring us the word of God, then we're saying, I'm not listening to what the Son of God has to say to me. True faith listen. The true believer listens because he understands it is Christ who preaches. It is Christ who teaches me. It is Christ who admonishes me. It is Christ who instructs me. And it is Christ who guides me through the office spirits. And so, through them, Christ speaks his word to us. And he is pleased to use them to cause you and me to hear what he wants us to hear. How do we respond to what Christ says to us? That's the question. And then, in the second place, why ought we to obey and submit to the word that our office-bearers bring? That is, why, in addition to the fact that they represent Christ and speak his word? Well, the text, in addition to those reasons, that is, in addition to the fact that we ought to, because they represent Christ and bring his word to us, says, this is why we need to, because those office bearers watch for our souls. That's quite a statement. And that points to the fact that the work of office bearers is a very serious matter. They are concerned with our souls. They are concerned with eternal matter, They are concerned with the eternal salvation of the members of the body of Christ, which is obviously very significant for the office bearers themselves. But the text is addressing the significance and the seriousness of that for the members of the church who are called to hear the word that is brought that. You see, and that stands behind the words of our text, the souls of the members of the church, the souls of the people of God, the souls of those who belong to Christ are constantly attacked and threatened. There are many spiritual dangers that are faced by our souls. We have powerful enemies, the devil, the world, our own sinful flesh, spiritual powers that blind us, that is, that blind our souls to the dangers there are in the ways of evil and sin and temptation. They lead us astray, those spiritual powers do. They lead us astray with regard to how we live. They lead us astray in our family lives. They lead us astray in our use of the many gifts that God gives to us. They lead us astray in how we respond to the troubles that God gives us in life. And Christ has provided men, especially elders, but all office bearers, to watch for your souls. Literally, that word means to be one who is sleepless, one who stays awake one who remains alert. That is, of course, spiritually. He never falls asleep spiritually as an office bearer. He is always alert to the lives of the people of God, alert to the needs of the members of the church, alert to the dangers, alert to the enemies, alert to the struggles that believers face and experience in this life and the Spirit equips him as an office-bearer, because that's the promise of Christ, I will call men, and I will also equip those men, qualify them by the Spirit. The Spirit equips them to watch for the souls of the people of God. He gives them the ability to do that, and he gives them the tools they need to do that, specifically the word of God. He gives them the gift of wisdom. He gives them the gift of understanding. And when they carry out their work faithfully, they are watching out for your souls. They're watching out for your salvation. That's their burden. That's their concern. That's their calling, and that's their work. We might think sometimes, do they really watch out for my soul? They seem to be focused more on my life, more on my conduct, more on my behavior. And it is true, office bearers observe your life, your conduct, your behavior, your family life, your speech, your church attendance, your Sunday activities, how you live, what your needs are, what your struggles are. But you understand, beloved, they do that not simply to find fault. To find fault with your outward behavior. How could that be? It's not as if office bearers like to find faults. They would much rather not see any faults, any weaknesses, any errors, any sins at all. But they do that. The reason they observe your life is because of your souls. They cannot see your souls. They cannot know directly what your thoughts are, what your desires are. They cannot know directly anything that is within a member of the church. They cannot know Directly, how strong is the faith of the members of the church? They cannot know directly how sincere is the love of the members of the body of Christ. Christ sees your soul, but your office bearers don't. But they understand. Correctly, what scripture says, what Christ said, by their fruits ye shall know them. The outward life is a window into the soul of the child of God. The outward life demonstrates, shows, not fully, but demonstrates and shows how things are within the child of God. The behavior of a member of the church is evidence of the spiritual condition of the soul of that member. Is that soul healthy, or is that soul weak and sickly? And therefore, when office prayers observe and address matters in your life. They are indeed watching out for your soul. They are concerned for, your, for you spiritually. They are concerned for your salvation. They are concerned for your spiritual and your eternal life. They are concerned because they know that behind a sinful life is a spiritual spiritual problem. And they bring the word that the soul needs in order to address that spiritual problem. All with a view to eternity, all with a view to heaven, all with a view to pointing and directing the people of God to stay on the narrow way that leads to life eternal, that is, all with a view to pointing and directing the people of God to focus always and only on Christ, who is the way, the truth, and the life. The Lord Jesus Christ cares enough or cares so much we could say for our souls that he puts before office bearers this calling. Watch out for the souls of the people of God. He gives them the word to speak that he will use or the salvation or the instruction or the comfort or the strengthening or the guidance of the souls of the people of God. That is the word that you need for your life of faith in Christ. And in the end, when that word is faithfully brought, Christ himself speaks that word. And he speaks that word powerfully to his people. He speaks that word out of a love for the precious souls that he has laid down his life to redeem. The member of the church is interested in that word because it's the word of his Savior to him. A member of the church is interested in that word because his Savior is concerned about his soul. And this is the word that concerns eternal things. This is the word that feeds and nourishes and strengthens the soul unto life eternal. Certainly a reminder to us all of the seriousness of heeding the Word of God and the Word of Christ. And that leads us, beloved, to the benefit that is mentioned and pointed out in our text too, that they may do it with joy and not with grief for that is unprofitable for you the calling to to obey and to submit to the word that the office bearers bring to us is a calling that must be heeded so that office bearers are able to do their work with joy, and not with grief, that is, not with groaning in their heart. I think we can understand that when it comes to parenting. If your children ignore your instruction and ignore your admonitions to them, that gives you grief as a parent. And that can make it very difficult for you to continue your work as parenting in the way that you should carry out your work as a parent. But, on the other hand, if your children listen and they obey, then parenting is a joy for you. The same with office bearers. How members respond to the word that they bring directly affects or can significantly affect how they do their work. And when they're able to fulfill their work with joy, then that will be profitable for you. The text indicates that it's possible to make the work of an office bearer a grief to him, a work that is heavy, a work that is burdensome, and as the text says, a work that is without joy. It's possible to do that. And it's possible to do that by opposing them as they bring the word of Christ, refusing to heed that word of Christ. The joy of an office-bearer is to see God's people receive the word. The joy of an office-bearer is expressed in 3 John verse 4, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children, my spiritual children, walk in the truth. But office bearers are grieved when members reject the word of Christ, grieved because they do what is detrimental to their souls. That makes the work of office bearers burdensome. They're inclined to groan under that work. The office bearer loses the heart to do the work and the heart to do that work well. He still must. And in doing it, still he has to keep in mind that he is accountable to Christ for it, as the text says. They must give an account. But it can be a struggle. And the point of the text is this, We ought not miss that. The members, by how they fail to receive the word of God that is brought to them, are hurting themselves. It is unprofitable for you, the word of God says. When an office bearer loses the joy of his work, his work becomes a burden to him, then it becomes unprofitable for the church, unprofitable for the members, unprofitable for the families, unprofitable for you and your children and your salvation. The office bearer always has to answer for it. Again, he must give account. But you can understand, beloved, how true that is. Difficult. How difficult when, instead of the word being heeded, There develops in the church a spirit, or in members of the church, a spirit of criticism and a spirit of rebellion against the work of the office bearers and the word of Christ that they bring. And you can understand this, too. How can a man, under those circumstances, do his best work as an office bearer? That's what the Word of God here is referring to. That's what the Word is putting before us, that reality. But implied is that the opposite is also true. The members and the congregation benefit, and the members and the congregation are blessed when the Word of God is heard. Of course, that blessing is especially this. They are blessed by the word (laughs) itself. Blessed by the word itself. Blessed by and through our Lord Jesus Christ who speaks that word powerfully and causes that word to be effective blessed by Christ, who uses that word to instruct the members, who uses that word to bring about repentance where it is necessary, who uses that word to provide comfort to the people of God, who uses that word to build up the saints and to build up his church. And what contributes to that is what the text refers to that under those circumstances when the members by the grace of God heed the word of God that is brought, then the office bearers are able to do their work with joy, rejoicing at the evidence of the work of the Spirit in the members. Members not resisting the word but humbling themselves before it. Members not rejecting the word, but humbly believing and receiving it as it is the word of Christ to the members receiving that word of God for their faith and for their salvation. Then office bearers continue to do their work joyfully. And when they do, the text says, that's profitable for the church for members individually, and for the church as a whole. We have reason, beloved, for thankfulness to God, thankfulness that someone, namely our Lord Jesus Christ, cares for our soul and cares so much for our souls that he gives office bearers to provide what we need for our souls. So may God bless our office bearers with the grace to be faithful in that, and all of us as members with grace to obey and to submit to the word that is brought. And finally, in the words of verse 18, pray for us. Pray for your offer spirits. May that all be a means for us to be blessed as Christ's church here in this place. Amen. O Father in heaven, Bless us by thy word, apply it by thy spirit, and give us grace needed to heed this word of God and use it to strengthen and bless the office bearers and to strengthen and bless us as members of the Church of Christ, to build up this church, this congregation in the most holy faith, through the work of Christ in our midst, through the office bearers he has appointed. We seek his blessing and thy blessing. In his name we pray. Amen.